Love to get you guys listening to us and hearing your opinion. Mailman and Duke, how y'all doing tonight? How y'all feeling? What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm good. I got my drank, drank, and I'm ready. Also, nice. don't forget to shout out our Twitter handle, our Facebook, all that good stuff. Yes, yes. We are officially live on Twitter at TRDCast. Please tweet us with any question, anything you want to hear us discuss, all that. Also, we also on Facebook. Yes, we are on Facebook, The Real Dream Podcast on Facebook days. Like, share, get our name out to as many people as you wanted to hear us. So uh, on that note, we're going to talk about some topics that mean something to us, and we're just going to discuss and see how we feel about it. So one of the first topics we're talking about today is the black tax. For those of you who have never heard of it, the black tax is an idea that correlates to the black community, but it also correlates to anybody, really. We have a video from Oprah that she interviews a man named Trevor Noah from The Daily Show. We're going to play that clip where he describes the black tax and what it is, and then we're going to speak on it. Y'all ready? And essentially, that's what in many ways the black tax is, is that the first generation of success for many black people means you now have to go back and work on correcting everything. I have to get my brothers through school. I have to get my family through school. I have to get my younger cousins through school. I have to get... Because you are the first of an entire family to experience that success. And the greatest gift my mother gave me, and she always said it was, my son, I may not be able to give you one cent in this world, but I promise you I will not give you the black tax. That's the one thing I'll keep from you. I will handle it. You go and fly in the world. But you know, it's so interesting because one of my girls, Mahal, uh, stand up, hey, Mahal. Well, it's one of my daughters from South Africa. And I say this to the girls all the time, that that's going to be the greatest burden unless you free it from right. yourself. Right. That you get to decide what that tax should be. Right. Nobody else gets to tell you because just the fact that you can free yourself, that is what your ancestors would have wanted for you. There's also, you. there's also a guilt attached with it. You know, yeah. and, that's, and that's something my mother learned the hard way is she, she had to go on a journey where she left the family because she realized she needed to build before she could give back. Yeah. And sometimes as human beings, we exist in a space, and this is beyond race, where we have people who need from us and we haven't built for ourselves yet. And you cannot give what you do not have. And so sometimes you have to well, build Trevor's for yourself. Trevor's gonna preach now. It's true though, you cannot give what you do not have. Preach, Trevor, preach. And that so is so true. You, you know, if you, if you build it for yourself first, yeah. then you can give it to others. The black tax. <laughs> yeah. That's essentially a black tax. Now, he's talking about in a financial stance. And it can be a financially, it could be emotionally, it can be psychologically, it can be your presence in the family. But I wanna I wanna hear you guys. How do you feel about your obligation to that? Because I know we all have an obligation to, we all feel that. But how do you personally feel as far as how much it has affected you and who you've become? Okay, so first I want to, you know, when we start talking about the black tax and it uh, being a financial means and you make it out and you being successful, in order for, you know, of course, we're going to try to take care of family. And when I say family, I mean immediate family, like brother, sister, mom, 
dad and things like that. And when I hear the black tax, I don't think my personal family. I'm thinking about going back and giving to the hood. Like take somebody like LeBron James, who went and did schools and stuff like that for his community, or Akon that went back to Africa and provided clean water and things like that. So my thing is, I was making millions of dollars and things like that. Then I would want to go back to my hood, to where I grew up, try to make it a better place for the people that are still in the hood and try to give them more avenues. Yeah. That's no, what I think about when I think the black tax. No, and I and I totally get that. I I think it's ironic that if we're, I'm not, and I don't want to say just us as black people, but majority of black people do have that unspoken obligation to it. And it's not even something that, our family and friends and people we grew up and people who were with us on the grind put on us. It's sometimes it's just something we put on ourselves to where it was like, Hey, you were with me when at my lowest point when I had nothing and you helped me through that. And now that I've made something of myself, I want to give back. I need to get back. It's in my core to help you. Just because we know so many other people that are in, you know, in the black community that are less fortunate that don't have, because we've been there ourselves. Me personally, yeah, me personally, I think that's just encoded in our DNA. Uh, When you think about our ancestors, what did they have to do? If one person uh, succeeded, they brought everybody else on. Why? Because that's the only way we was going to grow as Mm -hmm. a community. That's the only Mm -hmm. way we was going to grow as a people, is we Mm -hmm. had to start from scratch. And I can't be the only one that's grabbing up. I got to pull you up with me, because Mm -hmm. that's the only way we're going to be able to spread our worth and our wealth. So that's just something that's just encoded in, in our DNA. That's how I feel about it. I don't that's consider true. it a black tax, so to speak, or anything like that. Right. I consider it being black, period. And that's how I was raised. That's what's encoded in my DNA. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We all understand the subconscious obligation where we have to make sure that the people that we were with, people that was in the mud with us succeed. Not necessarily succeed, but have an opportunity to get out of the mud and make something of themselves, Right. I don't like that terminology, obligation, because I don't feel like it's an obligation. Like Duke said, it's encoded in our DNA, so it's more like an inherent desire to see the people that look just like you succeed when you succeed. The terminology of it being a tax or being an obligation, I don't feel like that's what it is. I don't think it's a tax. I don't think it's an obligation. I just think it's an inherent desire for us to want to do better and see other people do better that just look just like us. Like Kendrick said, I got loyalty and royalty inside my DNA, period. We grew up in the era where it takes a village, right? Mm-hmm. Those old school values still are deeply ingrained in Black culture. Yeah, you're absolutely right. On to our next topic. Let's we are going to mix it up a little bit. This is something that I was thinking about not too long ago, and I want to dive into how our childhood crushes have affected our type. Just to put me out on Front Street, okay? I'm going to explain to you women that I grew up with had crushes on, and then I'm going to explain to you why that is correlated to my type. I was a huge Maya fan, the singer Maya, the best of me Maya. I was a huge Lil' Kim fan. That was my woman. You, oh. I was one of those people that had a poster, a little kid, <laughs> and she had the top. Is it that where, poster I'm thinking about? I think yeah, everybody where, has where that one of, poster. 
where one of her when one of her breasts was out and she, yeah, she was squatting. She had a seashell over the nipple, and I'm just. Oh, I might be thinking about Luke Cam. You think about the you think about the one with the jeans. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that is neither here or there. Okay. Sound like you just trying to bone. You you felt no. attracted, and no. they gave you a tingling sensation down in your nether regions. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking, listen, please understand. I'm not talking about 32-year-old news. I'm talking about 10-year-old news, 9-year-old news, who's still trying to figure out how to work that instrument. I'm like, hey, man, some stuff is happening. <laughs> I don't know how this, this instrument works, but whatever's hey, going, but whatever's going on, I like it. Zone. It got yeah. a mind of its own, I swear to God. But whatever's going on, I like it. So I'm just going to stay on this topic, and we're going to be good. <laughs> That's so Dugu is your crushes or crush. So so wait, so he, news, so he yeah, news ain't finished yet. <laughs> uh, my bad. I'm sorry, I thought you were finished. Don't get me wrong. Back in the 90s, Maya was the thickest woman on the planet. I don't know about Maya all was that, never okay. thick, just so you know. I don't know about all that. You know Say, what I'm saying? Maya was fine, but she wasn't thick. I don't think I can co-sign to that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I met her by the way before. You really? met Maya? Yep, I was working at FedEx in the North Airport, <laughs> Terminal C. Uh, shout out to all y'all that's still there. Uh, <laughs> we was on lunch break or something like that. And we, you know, on lunch, we had like a two, three hour break before we had to do a, a different sort of what has what they called them, the different shifts we call sorts. And so we would just go all through all the terminals of the airport. It was right when she was going on. Damn, what was the name of the, the Jay-Z tour? Um shoot it's one of jay-z's first tours and i can't remember the name of it now and it was when best of me had came out she was in there heading out to the tournament i can't remember exactly where she was going but me and a couple of my boys at that time knew who she was because she didn't blow up yet but we knew who she was we like followed her around the whole tor- terminal <laughs> hung out with her for a little bit everything you know? she was cool she was cool peeps she was quiet but she was cool like she hadn't become Maya Maya yet she was still shy Maya she she wasn't she was just getting growing up she was still in that yeah, kind of man. figuring herself out mm-hmm. yep but still yep. was still fine though yeah yeah she still was fine I dare anyone this takes place in the 90s where the supermodel thin it's the figure for me was the thing this was Maya Back then on King Magazine, Maya was considered the thickest woman on the planet. Why don't you, you go ahead and pull up a photo of Trina or something like that? I uh, know. Trina. Trina was the thickest vision. Yeah. Trina was hey. after Trina. Maya. Trina was after Maya. At that this was time. At the same time. No, at this time. Was, around that time. Was, like Eve, was Eve wasn't Eve in the mix around that time too? Mm-hmm. Eve was still hood though. He was, was still. It don't matter if she was hood or not. Eve was thick. Listen, this is seven year old news. We not talking about if Eve was thick back then or Regina oh, okay. was okay. big. Okay. I got you. I they got were. You, you said she was thick on the thickest on the planet. Yeah, exactly. in my eyes, yes. And she wasn't the thickest on the planet. But here's no. the thing: she wasn't. She oh, wasn't okay. the thickest on the planet. But oh, think you about saying it. in your eyes, she was the thickest on the right. planet. I, I, I got you. I got you. Let me break this down <laughs> to you, mailman. Maya was thin, long brown hair. Little mm-hmm. Kim, little Kim 
was not afraid to say what was on her mind. She spoke what she spoke and she meant it. Does that not sound like my wife? God rest her soul. You see what I mean? It's no coincidence that all these people growing up now have been watching Dexter Laboratory Moms and the Incredible Moms (laughs) and all these old cartoon ladies and all of a sudden they're like, nah, nah. I saw saw a video with dudes talking about um, the Dexter Laboratory mom said her butt was so right that he was like literally riding on her butt while they was riding on a bike. (laughs) Please understand, there's there's actually a video of Dexter sitting on top of his mom's ass. Right, while she was riding on a bike. Because her back and her ass made a 90 degree angle. Please understand. That's not normal. (laughs) That's a goddamn cartoon. Right. Right. Maybe you was one of those kids kids that came home every day from school and you saw that tabletop ass. You can't say that didn't affect that didn't affect you. Who is your childhood crush, Duke? I ain't had one. (laughs) (laughs) What? You didn't have one childhood crush. Nah, not like that. Sorry. No famous. You had like on your poster, like a poster in your room or nothing? Nah. He was a sports fan. You have athletes on your poster. On your exactly. Poster. That makes sense. <laughs> I had to think good. about that. It was good on all that. You probably had Jordan posters and cowboy posters and all that. I mean, the closest, the closest back in the day was probably like Aaliyah. Or Brandy oh, when Brandy first not, came out. You did not. That's who my crush was, Aaliyah. Hey, <laughs> I, I swear to God, I loved me some Aaliyah. Like when she died, I cried. I ain't never cried when those <laughs> no freaking famous person died, but but Aaliyah. I swear, I don't know what it was about her, but like she was so sexy, I'll, so smooth, I'll tell you, so I'll, talented, so mm-hmm. she was she was the one for me, boy. I wanted to marry. Her. I said I told myself <laughs> growing up, if I ever get a chance to meet her, I'm shooting my shot and I'm marrying her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you when I think of Aaliyah, I think of someone who is very strong, but also humble mm-hmm. as a woman. She understands, hey, listen, I'm going to speak my piece. I'm going to say what I need to say, but I'm also going to understand how to treat my man. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't know y'all for almost 15 years. That sound like y'all type. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm that, just that saying. That sounds about right. That's that it. sounds about right. So you're saying that uh, I'm, I'm looking for me a Leah type. Yep. Hey, I I don't think I can deny that one. Now, to all my listeners, if your son's type is something from an anime, be worried. Yeah, (laughs) because that's some straight fantasy. You know what I'm saying? But also, but at the same time, those personality traits from anime carry over into real life. Don't motherfuckers be like spitting out fire and shit in anime? No, ain't nobody got no damn personality like no anime character. When I think of anime, anime, women, I think of any woman who is not afraid to hit a man. That's why I say be worried. Because I ain't never seen an anime woman that somebody was like, oh my gosh, I love this woman. She's so powerful. Because she beat on men. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you got anime chicks too that you can kiss a guy and make him fall in love because that's her ability. You are trying to think like an adult. When a 10-year-old... <laughs> I am an adult. Yes, right. I'm talking about mothers and they kids. When your kid watches an anime and he sees a woman take and punch a man 64 times in the chest within a second and his face grins, be worried. Right, right. Be hey, worried. It's funny. it's funny you say that, though. I got a co-worker of mine and this guy's like, I don't want nothing but crazy women. If she ain't crazy, if she ain't threatening to kill me or at least stab me a couple of times, I don't want her. Well, all of us done went through that phase where you want that crazy shit. So oh I get that. I think that is a maturity thing. Once you get to a certain <laughs> point in your life, I don't need that, man. I want somewhere yep. I can come home to, relax. Yeah, I don't want nobody stabbing me. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't want that toxicity, man. No, nah, I do I, not I want that. Well, so back to the, back on topic, Leah being strong and you know saying still compassionate and still wanting to take care of a man that I thought that I want me a woman like that that's gonna yeah. gonna be strong and nurturing to me. So, so I guess I could see the correlation. Yep, just just don't don't be attracted to none of them anime chicks. Just saying. And on to our third topic. Get a little bit more serious. Man, there's still adults that haven't dealt with past trauma and hurt. Yeah. And still carrying it over into their lives right now and into relationships and things like that right now. Yeah. No, I get it. I ain't I'm gonna be honest with you. The idea of processing pain and hurt. We've we've talked about this a little bit, but there is a consensus, not necessarily on a black community, but men in general, we are not taught this. We're not taught how to deal with pain. We're not taught how to deal with hurt. We're taught to man up. Throw some dirt on it. Right. Cover it up. Suck it in. Whatever you want to say. As a single father or daughter, you can't do that with her. You have to treat your daughter to be able to feel and be emotional. That way she can be a whole human being and as an adult. And so my question to you, to my co-host, is when dealing with pain, dealing with emotion, when did you personally realize that this is something in order for me to grow up, I have to figure out. I don't know when I realized it, but I think I'm just now in my later years getting to the point to where it's like some things, you know what I'm saying, you can't control. And then when that pain and that hurt start rushing to the surface, once the floodgate is open, it's open. Yeah. I done got to the point where now I'm just, I'm done trying to stop the flow of it. And I'd rather just go ahead and release it and let it go mm-hmm. because I feel like if, if I bottle it up the more pain that gets added on to it it's pressure you put pressure on something and keep putting pressure on something eventually it's gonna what it's gonna There's blow pipes you know and I will make just, diamond mm-hmm. that's true that's true too and I don't want to get to the point where I allow, allow my pain to cause me to do something that I regret later mm-hmm. or choose not to do yes mm-hmm. what do you think dude Pain is just a part of life at this point. It helps you grow because it allows you to process whatever it is that just made you sad enough to have to deal with it. And you usually come out stronger on that other side. Now, going through it, yes, that could be tough. That could be hard. But that's part of what's growing you. That's what's making you sharper and sharper as a tool. 
that's what's allowing you to be able to, if something like that happens again, to be able to move through it and get through it and grow from it. That's all. It's just a tool of growth. That's all pain is at this point in time. I think it's interesting because it feels like as men, this is not something we're taught. This is something we've had to deal with enough pain in our lives to where we're like, okay, I got to figure out how to deal with this, right. how to see this, or else this is going to be what destroys me. Not necessarily what happened, but the idea of how to deal with it. How to go about processing our pain, yeah. our emotional pain. Yeah. That's something that, yeah, we are not taught. And we just going through life, stumbling around almost in the dark, trying to figure out how to deal with it. Honestly, what I was going to say, having children allows you and helps you deal with pain. Yeah. Because your kids unlock different emotions in you because you don't love nobody as hard as you love your kids. So therefore, that opens you up to more things to be able to or allow you to process whatever that is that's going on. Because I just lost my grandma, rest in peace, not too long ago. And honestly, my four-year-old and my 11-year-old helped me get the strength to go through it. And they don't even know it. Yeah. Mm. Because they allowed me to open up my heart and let that love inside. That also allows me to process other things like pain as well. Because I have that love that can go and, and counteract that. And allow me to continue to move on from it. And, grow, and like I said earlier, grow from it. And this is something we don't talk about. It would fr- I don't say we don't talk about, it, but it frustrates me when you're talking about young to younger people about having kids. Anytime you talk to a younger person about having kids, they always say, "Oh, I can't have kids. I'm not ready. I can't handle that. That's too much on me." And they don't understand the strength that comes from that. You don't under, but you don't understand the power that you feel and everything that makes you whole when you have a kid. We just celebrated Father's Day. Shout out to all the fathers. Happy Father's Happy Father's Day. There's a strength that is given to you and blessed upon you when you have a kid. And it's it's beautiful, to be honest with you. Well, I want to say this since we're talking about kids and being the father. Ladies, if y'all listening, if you know that you've been stepping out on your man and you get pregnant, please at least have enough courage tell that man that's a possibility for me another man because I've dealt with a situation where I was raising a child that I thought was mine only to get a DNA test to find out it wasn't mine Mm -hmm. and that kind of pain and hurt tore me apart it Mm -hmm. literally turned me up my world upside down and ladies please just don't do that to a person yeah don't do that to a person I'm not saying everyone's like that please understand the good outweigh the few Right. I'm not saying that every woman's out there like that either. I'm just saying it happened to me. It's a possibility that it happened to somebody else mm-hmm. or could potentially happen to someone else. Be honest. Be upfront with people when it comes to some situations like that. When you involve kids and things, it's a whole nother animal. It's just like you say, it can be loved by kids more than we love anything on this earth. Right. We were talking about the last podcast about how we don't consider ourselves successful Unless our kids are successful. We don't consider ourselves happy unless they're happy. Father's Day made it very clear. If you smile at me, I'm happy, dude. Right? Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Milk. Like, 
Melt like butter. On that note, we want to thank you for tuning in to the Real Dream Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe. Share. Comment. Let us know how you feel. If you have any comments, tweet us at TRDcast. Stands for the Real Dream Podcast. Sorry they had all the names taken up, but that's what we're going with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, other than that, hit us up on Facebook. The Real Dream Podcast or at TRDcast. That's our name for short. And you know what? Just let us know how you feel. Get other people's opinion. We'd love to hear from you. If you don't like what we had to say, tell us you don't like what we had to say. If you do, then let us know you like what we had to say. Understand, this is our opinions. This is our opinions. These aren't facts. We're not talking about all women ain't shit. We're not talking about all men. We're just talking about our opinions and we want to hear from you we want to hear your opinions hey we may talk about it on our next episode so yeah let us know what you think until then i'm the news this is duke and mailman we're signing off hey fellas have a good evening i love you guys love you too you too i wish you nothing but success and happiness oh all listeners out there keep following your dreams take care